الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدي أنهم سبولنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم So on the screen is just a review of the last few hadith that we covered uh, the last hadith was uh, the uh, hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, in which she described the Prophet ﷺ as being someone who served the home. And then the second part, which was that when the call for adhan would occur, the Prophet ﷺ would proceed to the masjid. And we talked about how these two principles facilitate benefit for the home and love for the home. So, and this can be reviewed. The talk, uh, the talks are all posted online. So the next hadith, I'm going to just read. The Arabic first. So this hadith uh, actually is a very lengthy hadith. It's the first hadith. Um, or it's, it's the hadith in the book of Revelation of the Sahih of Imam Bukhari. And I've only taken an excerpt from this hadith that pertains to our topic, which is filling the home with love. Um, so we're just going to begin from the middle of the hadith. So. This is narrated by Aisha radiallahu anha. فَرَجَعَ بِهَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَرْجُفُ فُؤَادُهُ فَدَخَلَ عَلَى خَدِيجَةَ بِنْتْ خُوَيْلِدْ رضي الله عنها فقال زملوني زملوني فزملوه حتى ذهب عنه الروع فقال لخديجة وأخبرها الخبر لقد خشيت على نفسي فقالت خديجة كلا والله ما يخزيك الله أبدا إِنَّكَ لَتَصِلُ الرَّحِمَ وَتَحْمِلُ الْكَلَّ وَتَكْسِبُ الْمَعْدُومَ وَتَقْرِضْ ضَيْفَ وَتُعِينُ عَلَى نَوَائِبِ الْحَقِّ So let's just read the translation. Now this is the circumstance and all of us know when the Prophet ﷺ had received the first wahi in revelation and he was, he had met Jibreel and Jibreel had squeezed him and then the Prophet ﷺ rushed down the mountain leaving Cape Hira and he returned home. So this is that hadith. So now, Aisha radiallahu anha narrates from this segment. Then Allah's Messenger, and this is all detailed in the hadith, but I'm only including the portion that's relevant. Then Allah's Messenger وسلم, returned, meaning returned home, with it, the inspiration, and with his heart beating severely. The Prophet he's coming, he comes home, and his heart is beating very severely, or intensely. Then he went to Khadija bint Khawailid and said, cover me. Cover me. So they covered him until his fear was over. And after that, he told her, radiallahu anha, everything that had happened, meaning in the cave. And he said, I fear that something may happen to me. I fear for myself. Khadija radiallahu anha replied, Never, by Allah, Allah will never disgrace you. You keep good relations with your kith and kin. You... Uh, help the poor and the destitute you serve your guests generously you assist the deserving calamity afflicted ones so this is the hadith that many of us have heard but the summary of which is the prophet returns home and there he out of fear begins to ask for someone to cover him he's covered 
And then he tells Khadija what happens and then she consoles him by mentioning that, look, this is who you are. And she highlights a few characteristics of the Prophet Now, so th this is the hadith that we will be uh, discussing. So just a few background points to this hadith. The first background point to understand, uh, and what we're going to highlight in this discussion, is the benefits of optimism and positivity within the home as we see from this hadith. The first thing to understand is that optimism or positivity or a positive outlook, in general, it supports better health. It supports better health. And we know this because um, there's a number of scientific studies that show that people that are more optimistic about things, they think, look at things positively, and they live life with that positive mindset, in general, they have better overall physical health. There's links that show that they have better cardiovascular health, links that show that their blood, risk of high blood pressure is lower if you have a better outlook. Uh, there is a correlation between optimism and mortality, meaning people that have a better outlook on life, they live longer independent of any other variable. And people that have a pessimistic look at life, they look at things negatively, in general, they, have an, uh, they, they uh, die sooner. So there's a significant correlation between positivity and a positive outlook and its effect on our health. And this is something that can't be denied. Physical health, emotional health as well, and its correlation with stress and how that increases mortality. So that's the first background point that we will mention here. Uh, and the references are there below. The second background point to understand is that, in general, positive speech. Uh, so optimism is a person's personal outlook. But then how we communicate that optimism to others, for instance, is through positive speech. And we know that positive speech, it inspires growth. It inspires growth. The reality is, as a human being, the more positive words that I hear from others, be it words of encouragement, or be it words of praise, or be it words of support, the more I'll be able to grow. And on the flip side, the more negativity, or the, let's say the neg negative speech or gestures that I receive, the harder uh, things will be for me, and my growth and my potential will be stunted. Right? And so this is important in particular in this discussion of us within the home is what is the dominant speech that occurs between the people in the home? The husband and the wife, the husband and the child, the father and the child, the mother and the child, the siblings to one another. If the dominant speech is one of positivity and positive words are used, we can expect that everyone within the home will develop and grow properly. But if negative speech and pessimistic speech is, is used in interaction with one another, um, and we'll give examples of this later, then the growth of everyone within the home will suffer and it'll be stunted. Right? So this is very important to understand. The effects of positive speech are very long-lasting. Negative speech that occurs within the home, those effects are so damaging that we see the effects of it many, many, many years later. Many years later, a person will recollect this both in their own mind and even in their own emotions. Sometimes negative speech, as if a child, for instance, lives in a household where they're constantly bombarded with negativity and negative speech, many years later they go on to develop, for instance, panic disorder and panic attacks. This is, there's, a, there's a significant uh, correlation. Okay, the third background point is that 
while uh, that behaviors within the home can be adjusted even if emotions cannot be adjusted. What do I mean? So again, this topic of positivity and positive outlook, there are obviously things are not always rosy and sometimes we don't control our own emotions and our own thoughts. So it's possible that I, although I know that the deen encourages me to think positively, that from time to time, I'm going to have negative thoughts. Some people will have more negative thoughts than others. Some people will have more negative emotions than others. But that, and that, while it can be adjusted to some degree, we can't eliminate that. What can be controlled and is in our control is the way by which we manifest it, our behavior. Right? So, for instance, I may not have the ability, I have this negative thought that keeps going through my mind about how I'm not going to do well, for instance, uh, at work. Right? That's an emotion and a thought that maybe I can't control. But then if I then manifest that negatively to the people in the house, that's inappropriate. So behaviors can be adjusted. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't smile. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't you know, congratulate others. So while emotions cannot always be adjusted, and we accept that, and thoughts cannot always be adjusted. We know that behaviors can and they should be adjusted. And that could be in the form of smiling, hugging, choosing words that relay positivity, etc. Okay, so let's return back to the translation of this hadith. So Allah's Messenger Aisha is mentioning this whole story of revelation. He returns now from the cave of Hira in which he had a very frightening encounter. With, with Angel Jibreel, which we now know was one of the most, uh, one of the greatest blessings that occurred, on, was probably the greatest blessing that occurred. But at the time, the Prophet was frightened and he returned home and he immediately went to Khadija radiallahu anha and he, she, and he said, cover me, cover me. And then he was covered until the fear was removed from him um, uh, or the feelings of fear were removed, right? So he comes in basically in a state of panic, his heart is beating. He comes home, he seeks consolation from her, he says, cover me, and then he says, I fear that something is going to happen to me, or may have happened to me. So Khadija radiallahu anha then replies, right? And look at what she says in this hadith. Now, we're not focusing on the qualities she mentions of the Prophet What we're focusing on is look at her response, her emotional intelligence and the response that she gives to the Prophet in his state of fear. What does she do? She highlights his positive qualities. She says, no way, no way harm will come to you from this. Allah will never disgrace you. You keep good relations with your relatives and those that are close to you. You help the poor, the destitute. You serve your guests generally. You assist the deserving, the deserving calamity afflicted ones. Meaning, at this moment, what is she, do what is she doing? She's reminding the Prophet ﷺ that no, you're actually a very special person and nothing bad, uh, and this, this is not a sign of, of some harm that's coming onto you. Okay, so now let's dive into the specific lessons from this hadith that we derive. Right? The first lesson is that the home is our place of solace. The home is our place of solace. Now look what the Prophet said him. He's in a state of panic, in a state of fear. And this, you know, if we put ourselves in those shoes. I'm sure we've all experienced this at some point in time where some major tragedy or some significant event occurred and we immediately felt the, the emotions and the thoughts that are associated with it. And what we learned from this hadith, as the Prophet ﷺ did, where was the first place? He could have gone many places. He could have gone and visited his best friend Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. He could have gone to his uncle who was his support, you know, uh, Abu Talib. But the Prophet ﷺ, where did he choose to go? He chose to go home 
seeking solace. So we learn from this hadith that the home is our place, maybe our first place of solace and comfort. Because the people within the home and the space within the home of the Prophet was so comforting to him that in a state of worry and fear, he went home. So that's what we learn from number one, that the home is our place as believers of solace and comfort. The second thing that we learn from this hadith is that catastrophizing yields very little benefit. What is catastrophizing? It means to think of the worst case scenario whenever something happens. Now look, look at this circumstance. Prophet ﷺ, a calamity, it appears to be a calamity to him or some extreme difficulty befalls him and he returns home. Now he comes to Khadija, now she has choices. She sees, she sees what happens and naturally as a wife, let's say, and, you, and, and your husband is now saying, I'm fearful for my life because of an encounter that I had, naturally that emotion transfers to the wife as well right the wife will be thinking oh my gosh what happened like uh, like are, are, you know should we lock the doors you know is, is something following you all these thoughts you know could go through the mind of khadija so she has options she can either share panic and start freaking out and start worrying just like he is she could scold him and say you know why did you you were at that cave for months and months and months why were you there for so long of course this is going to happen if you if you if you stay out at night or whatever it might be she could so she could panic she could scold him she could ignore it and say stop it you know just ignore it what's the big deal you know why are you freaking this not whatever happened is is this minor she could downplay the whole circumstance but look what she does in this circumstance she acknowledges the prophet sallallahu fear and she then uses it and puts a completely positive spin on it and says, no, look, you don't have to worry here. Look at who you are. And she infuses within him this emotional strength that could only come through words of positivity, right? So in general, we know this from human psychology, of course, from the sunnah, that trying to play this worst case scenario and always thinking that things are going to be bad and relaying that to the people within the house, it doesn't have much benefit. It doesn't allow a person to grow, it doesn't allow them to succeed, it doesn't solve problems, it serves very little benefit. So we should think from this hadith, that if some difficulty befalls my husband or my wife or my child or my parent, that I don't contribute to that difficulty by making the situation worse. But rather, I put a positive spin, I acknowledge the difficulty and I channel it at that moment into something that is uh, that will console and support the people that I love within the home. Okay, so this is the second lesson that we learned. Um, you know, somebody could argue that you know what, that's just all fake, though. You know, if if let's say you know I come home because I lost my job, and my wife comes home, uh, and I, my wife tells me that uh, you know it's it's not, uh, you know you're making this up, and she's downplaying it. Or no, let's say she gives words of support and says, no, it's okay, you'll find something. You could say it's fake, right? That that behavior is fake, but it's not fake. Right? Ultimately, the only calamity in, that's real is the akhirah. So whatever difficulty and challenge we face in this world, ultimately, you can always put a positive spin on it. It could be as extreme as, for instance, the death of a child, or as extreme as a very terrible car accident, or as extreme as some severe illness or diagnosis. Ultimately, these calamities in the face of the calamity, the akhirah, don't compare. So it's fine for us to accept that these are from Allah and put some positive spin on it. Okay. The third lesson is that the family, the household, should be a source of endless encouragement. The family should be a source of endless encouragement. Now, in this hadith, we see 
that Khadija <coughs> was the source of encouragement for the Prophet because when he comes home out of fear she immediately says not to worry this is not something that's, that's as bad as it may seem you will never be wasted because of A, B, C and D things and qualities that you have so she's encouraging him and this has always been her way Right? Look at the house of the Prophet ﷺ with Khadija, daughters. He, at this time, Ali radiallahu anhu is living with him. Uh, all his daughters are born and they're living with the Prophet ﷺ. It's a busy household. You know, eventually, years later, you look at the support that she provides, financial. She goes to such extremes to support and encourage the, the efforts of her husband, the sacrifices that she makes, that eventually she passes away in Amul Huzn, the year of sorrow literally goes to her deathbed to facilitate the noble goal of her husband right so what it means is that ultimately family is the best or our our families are our source of endless encouragement and we see this in this particular example through the support and encouragement of Khadija radiallahu anha so even in our own homes when we're looking for encouragement or our children or our spouses or our parents are looking for encouragement, the best place they're going to get it from is us. And we should work toward behaviors that will encourage the people within the home rather than discourage them. In particular, when it comes to noble endeavors and causes. Obviously, if someone's endeavor is to perform sin or to engage in this, we, we discourage this. But by and large, we encourage one another for our noble endeavors and that source of encouragement should primarily come for the home, from the home. Okay, so the last slide. Uh, the two practice points from this hadith as we conclude. Okay, so the first practice point is <clears throat> that within the home, and again, the context of this series being filling the home with love, and now we understand the harms that negativity has on ourselves and the harms that negative speech has on the people in our household, the first practice point that we can take home is that we should surveil, we should monitor the entry points of negativity within our home. We should look at our home, our household, our physical home, <coughs> our, uh, uh, our house, and we should evaluate where are the, where, where, what are the sources of negativity that are entering, and we should be very mindful of these things, right? Sometimes it's external, you know, for instance, if we are constantly watching or playing the news within the house, right? The news is a 24-hour news cycle, now at least, or I should say now meaning in, in, you know, over the last century or so, and by and large, news is negative because that's, it's, a, it's, it's how the news makes money. Right? If they only had positive things, people would stop watching it. It's a, this is a simple equation in, mar- in, in, uh, in media and, and press that uh, we can't discuss today. But in general, the more negative things, the more fear, the more worry they can instill within the viewer, the more likely it is the viewer is going to come and return. But yeah, it's great for the, the industry financially, but for us as human beings, and in particular as believers who are trying to facilitate a loving home, this negativity needs to be surveilled and monitored. It should be very limited, right? The exposures that we are having and that we're allowing our families to have. We should surveil and monitor the words that are used within the home. Are we, are we like for every, you know, there's a rule they kind of say, for every uh, three positive, for every one negative thing you say to someone, you should say three positive things, right? And that should be our uh, situation as well. Generally speaking, we reprimand and we critique and criticize far more than we encourage and support and say positive things, for instance, toward our children or toward our spouse. 
It should be the opposite where we should monitor and say, okay, what words are being used? Do I hear the word no a lot in the house or you can't a lot in the house? These are things that need to be adjusted. You know, if we see that our children are frequently criticizing one another or having a very negative tone, you can't do this, you're always going to be a failure. Or if we sense that someone in the home is comparing, for instance, one child to another and say, why can't you be more like so-and-so? This is all negative speech. It doesn't facilitate growth. It doesn't facilitate a development. So why are we using it? It doesn't serve its purpose. So the first take-home point (coughs) is to just observe what's the tone in the home where are negative things entering is it my is it our speech is it our behavior is it the is it something coming from the internet is it news is it television and and begin to filter those things out Uh, that's practice point number one practice point number two is to share bests at mealtime at least that's what i had written in the slide and what i mean by share bests is you know, every family should have at least one meal together, right? Let's say, it's, let's say you're just a spouse, husband and wife should at least have one meal together. If it's, if it's children in the family unit, at least one meal should be together. And what should the discussion be, you know, at, at, at mealtime, maybe breakfast or maybe dinner? You should, we should make it a habit that we should ask everyone in the home, hey, uh, at dinner, for instance, share the best thing that happened to you today. Share the best experience that you had. Hey, what, what was the best thing that happened today? And the reason we do this is because then it encourages me to, for instance, some, let's say my wife asked, what was the best thing that happened? Now I'm going to say, oh, when I was at work, X, Y, and Z happened. When I was driving, so-and-so let me in and it really made me feel good. You know, for the children as well, we ask them, what was the best thing that happened at school or the best thing that happened when you were out? And what ends up happening is that everyone begins to speak very positively. Now, directly what we're doing is we're bringing positively to the, positivity to the table, right? Because our negative bias makes us think about all the bad things that happened in the day. So we're saying, okay, let's leave that aside for a moment. Let's bring the positive things to the table. Directly, we're bringing that. Indirectly, we're basically hinting at everyone in the, in the, in, at the dinner table that look how merciful Allah is. Like, this is our way of, um, of teaching our children and our families to be grateful. Now, you don't have to say, you know, what was the best thing that happened? See, look what Allah gave you. You don't have to be overt about this. Bring out the positive things and naturally, over time, we begin to appreciate how kind and loving Allah Ta'ala has been to us. It will promote gratefulness as well. So we should discuss those things at the dinner table, for instance, at a meal, uh, for those things that we are grateful for. So this is the sort of the general discussion for today. Now, there's obviously a whole separate discussion about well my outlook is always negative personally my thoughts my emotions how do I change that that's a separate discussion the focus today is simply to adjust the tone the speech the gestures and the behavior that occurs within the home and to remove negativity but rather put infuse positivity in the way that we see that Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha had did from this particular circumstance so uh, this is the second to last session. There'll be one more session next week, inshallah, and then this series will be complete. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us uh, to benefit from the uh, example of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. Allah, may Allah ta'ala allow our homes to be filled with positivity and love. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to acknowledge the challenges in our life, but allow us to make uh, the right decisions and respond in the way that's most pleasing to Him. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.